I was putting off saying anything because I have not had the opportunity to either simulate this idea or build a physical device, so it's purely speculative in the sense that I'm using my imagination to modify some prior speculations that I have had about Nathan Stubblefield's battery, what is missing from the patent. So what my current speculation is, is that the bolt, the core, the core of, no, excuse me, not the core, the um, iron winding. The iron winding is connected, um, it's basically an electrostatic device. All of his system is electrostatic in nature, and the reason why he failed to produce results in New York City was because all of all of the ground currents were messing up, were depleting the voltage potentials that he was trying to make use of. So his device does not expend energy as its input, and yet it gives results. It gives light and heat without expending watts, which is a perfectly marvelous system when you think about it. And um, a presence, a motion detector, again, without expenditure of watts. I mean, this is the whole beauty of electrostatic systems that we don't make use of because you can't charge money for... for uh, a lack of expenditure of energy, uh, you have to uh, justify charging somebody money that they've consumed watts, but an electrostatic system doesn't consume anything. It's just potential that it runs off of. So it's, what do you call that? Is that free energy? <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> you know, it's, um, it's not energy, so it's, <laughs> whether it's free or not, <laughs> anyway... So, because he had two polished plates that were giving off heat, he had um, had successfully ionized the air above the ground level, um, so that light was coming from everywhere, from the air molecules in from all directions, a diffuse light that was very bright, as bright as the noonday sun, and all of his arc lanterns were not uh, working anymore. He wasn't use, m making use of them because he didn't need to. Um, as far as his motion detector system, that was a prior, um, might have been a prior uh, point in the calendar of, in the chronology of the, of the development of his technology. In any case, so I can't comment, but in any case, this is the state of affairs. They found him uh, dead in his, uh, locked from the inside in his cabin, was that at nighttime the, the uh, light, the airspace was lit up very bright, and I guess similar to Aurora Borealis, I guess, in functionality, I, I don't know, by comparison. Um, and he had two polished metal plates that were spaced a certain distance apart that were emitting a nice, cozy warmth in his cabin. And he was emaciated and, and basically starved to death. And I suspect there was a third element going on. Besides heat and light, there was the bliss element. The bliss... Uh, put out by such an electrical system because it was totally compatible with living systems. You know, our system is not. You, you put your fingers in the socket and you'll get electrocuted. Uh, or linemen working on, you know, they have to take precautionary measures when working on a, a transmission line. But his system was totally working with nature, not contrary to nature. And so 
it probably emitted a blissful sensation that was so engaging and and wrap uh, that he was so wrapped up in that he he just forgot to eat you know <laughs> you know he just lays he laid there in bed weak but totally mesmerized by how he felt cuz i'm 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 projecting here obviously but i know what i'm speaking of i've already gone through that experience that i'm describing and of course it's nihilistic because you can't maintain your physical existence when that happens and consequently um if your device should happen to break down and need re- require repair, you don't feel like repairing it. That was the condition I was in when I was experiencing samadhi for uh, two and a half hours using a modification or the application, I should say, of uh, Eric Dollar's analog computer in LMD mode, longitudinal magnetodielectric modality, three modules in series connected to... Uh, Leon Ernest Eamon's bio circuit, and I got into it, connected it to my body, all using eight, all eight chakras, not only four, because Leon didn't think you had to use all eight, but I used all eight. You know, the two wrists, the two ankles, the throat, the crotch. Um, what is that? That's that's uh, only six. Is that only six? Oh, and the two ears, right? The two ears. Um, two ears, two feet, two two ankles, two wrists, two ears, a throat, and crotch. So that makes eight chakra points. Um, a couple of which are already recognized in Eastern mysticism, namely the throat and the crotch. But the other six are not recognized. But they are. They are energy vortexes, uh, points of interest. Anywho, um, so it broke down right. You know when I caught up on my sleep, which was. Suppressed dream, um, deep sleep like a hibernating animal. Uh, So I had to do it in the daytime because we all, most of us, not all of us, most of us need to dream at night. Um, Not when we're fasting, though. (laughs) An extended fast. Um, Like two years on fruits and vegetables, finished off with a grape diet of ten weeks. I I didn't dream. (laughs) But then I was starting to witness, so I was starting to become, you know, enlightened. (laughs) experience it momentarily for a few months uh, before and after. Uh, Anyway, so my thinking now about his device is that the copper winding is shorted to itself. And this fulfills the condition described by Eric Dollard in one of his talks that uh, this man in the audience asked the question, if you have a toroid core, an iron toroidal iron core with an iron with a copper co- coil on it uh, you, you're you're submitting energy to that coil and then you have another copper coil that is just a loop a single loop of wi- of copper wire that goes through the center of that toroid that copper wire will heat up so bad it'll get very very hot and, and Eric said, well, this, you're doing everything right. I mean, you, the magnetism wants to form self-looping rings, and you've given it... See, the magnetism normally wants to go into the interior of the iron, but you, now you've caused it to go into the interior of the copper, and it's now manifesting as current. The magnetism, uh, what would have been the magnetism on the inside of the toroidal core, 
which may be there anyway, but um, in any case. So I think what is if you short out the copper, the insulated copper winding of, of Nathan Stubblefield's earth battery patent to itself, it now fulfills that condition because the iron winding around the iron bolt is that iron winding is so the bolt my, my my theory now is that the bolt you leave it alone okay we simply have the iron winding the bare iron winding and the insulated copper winding surrounding it and the copper winding is self-shorted and the iron winding one end is connected to a diode a borax diode or a baking soda diode and the other and the other electrode of that diode, of course, is aluminum, and that is goes to an aluminum aerial, um, and that provides the DC voltage uh, input, very low power, but sufficient to prevent leakage because we're providing the voltage and from a natural source, namely, the you know the Earth. <laughs> what is it? A microvolt? But it's probably oscillating, right? Because we've got all kinds of natural frequencies along with man-made frequencies that can be picked up by a crystal radio set, even though those the amp the the wattage of or I, excuse me the voltage of those frequencies is merely a few microvolts, uh, two or three, I believe, or up to five maximum, I think, at ground level. So it's enough to infuse the iron bolt and all of the iron windings adjacent to the copper winding with a DC voltage or a DC potential that is going in one direction and it won't be microvolts because you, you're accumulating potential on each half cycle of oscillations that are being pumped into it from the earth uh, and from the atmosphere at ground level so when it's released upon the um, the, the second or the alternating uh, half of each cycle of oscillation, it's going to be something greater than the ambient um, background uh, of microvolts in the environment. I don't know what, but it'll be greater. It'll be a kind of a pulsing situation, I guess you could say. In any case, that's... Um, the DC input that I imagine at this point it goes into the iron winding and the copper insulated has to be self-shorted now that makes one other thing required and that is the load coil the load coil in his patent sits on top of this whole of these other windings at the top end of the bolt uh, I believe uh, I, I see my memory doesn't serve me I, it does ring around the bolt this the load coil it doesn't just it's not just elevated above the, the terminus of the iron bolt, but is within the scope of the iron bolt. I'm guessing. I can't remember. I'm assuming. But it, it sits on top of the copper insulated winding that I'm assuming is self-shorted and the iron winding that's interspersed amongst the copper winding. Um, this load coil is very crucial that it have a load on it. And the other... Because... I'm suspecting that when the system is is designed and, and put together properly, it will it'll fry itself if if a load is not on the load coil to begin with to prevent um, 
the escalation, the ever-increasing escalation of overunity on this device. Kind of like a braking magnet on an electromechanical water meter. That braking magnet has to be there, or else the aluminum, perforated aluminum disc of an electromechanical water meter would spin to ever-increasing RPM and uh, probably dislodge itself from the jewel bearings, uh, the uh, bronze uh, uh, axle that's set into jewel bearings. Um, any case. So the load coil has a load on it, and the other thing I, I'm, I'm speculating is that the load coil is an open coil. It's not a closed coil. And this goes to a principle that Mitko Gorgiev has extensively written about on Quora, and no, uh, not too many people seem to be, uh, believe a word he says, that you can have currents in an open line. Um, he, he, he just stipulates, well, if the line is long enough, you know, and a f maybe a few other points of interest, uh, bullet points, but the, the one that I remember is that the line has to be quite extensive, quite long, lengthy. Maybe two lines and one is longer than the other. I can't remember from, from your center point, but in any case, um, he did show the exhibition of current. Now, one could maybe assume that maybe the, the open lines are acting as capacitances and there's ionization going on in the air interconnecting those two lines. I don't know, you know, making it a closed loop. In any case, regardless, from an electrical connectivity point of view, you know, uh, as engineer, when you design and build something, if, you, if the designer, the builder, does not provide any electrical connection, between the two terminals of the load coil sitting on top of Nathan Subberfield's uh, so-called earth battery patent um, from the 1890s or 80s, I forget which decade it was, um, it should still work, um, in theory, <laughs> because it's basically an electrostatic system. The whole thing is an electrostatic system, except for that one coil that's self-shorted, the copper-insulated coil that goes around the bolt and is wound along with the bare iron wire wire as a bifilar winding. So they're wound together and they sit adjacent to each other uh, around the iron bolt. He, he, does, he shows a cross-sectional diagram in which every other wire, you know, when you cross through it, if you cut through it from vertically from top to bottom through the center of the bolt, and the center of the entire contraption, um, it shows that every other wire is iron versus insulated copper surrounding that, you know, the two coils that surround the bolt at the base and take up most of the length of the bolt that, the, that is being served, the bolt is serving as a core to his so-called transformer, which really isn't a transformer in a sense, because not in, a, in our conventional sense, in any, in any sense, in any way, in any sense. In, in, is that the right word? In any sense? In any case. <laughs> um, so, for the most part, it's electrostatic. Now, why? Well, so the, the insulated copper winding surrounding the at the base of the bolts, interspersed with the iron winding, that's providing a magnetic field, and it's a DC field. Well, no. It could be AC. Let's see. Wait a minute. No. It, well, see, 
No, it would have to be DC because the iron now is is the iron winding is set up with a with a diode, a borax diode. So it's at one end of the borax diode, and then the aluminum aerial is at the other end of that borax diode, or baking soda if you prefer. So we've got no no we have an oscillating voltage. That's it. So we have an oscillating voltage and DC current being forced onto the self-shorted insulated copper winding that's wound with the iron winding. And that's going to create a peculiar condition because um, there's relatively very little resistance on that self-shorted copper, insulated copper winding. Um, And, you know, it may end up becoming like a ratchet wrench, you know, like the Perpetuum Mobile that... um, Oh gosh, I'm sorry, I didn't commit to memory how to pronounce the name, so I, I can't remember the name. Uh, the Turkish guy, who's uh, telling me something about sanity. Um, so, it may work in a, in a functionally similar manner, in which the current does move, because the storage of potential in the borax diode may be gradual while the release may be sudden. If that's the case, then it should function in a similar manner and create perpetual motion in one direction. Uh, uh, Governed by the diode and imparted to the self-shorted insulated copper coil and set up a suitable potential on the load coil um, which needs to be an open coil to prevent the system from escalating to infinite oblivion and the infinite destruct, infinite potentials of uh, energy, voltage amps, whatever, that would fry the darn thing. So out of the three coils, only one is closed and the other two are open. So it's a mixed open, closed system engaging all kinds of complexities. <laughs> that would take uh, a vast amount of math and physics and engineering to analyze it, to really see what's going on. But that's my speculation. I've done all of this in my head, and over the course of the last several weeks, um, with no access to a computer, just my cell phone to record my thoughts on these um, podcasts, um, because I'm too busy surviving... Uh, to uh, be able to do anything else. I don't have access to anything. Everything's in storage. Um, And most of my day is spent uh, working, although today I managed to relax. (laughs) Um, So I feel in a good mood, and I decided to share with you what I thought I would not share. And I think that's why this fellow from Turkey, um, Mother Nature prompted him to make a comment that I, I can't decipher the gist of it. I think he's trying to give me good advice. Maybe I'm wasting my time doing something I could better spend my energy doing elsewhere, you know, something along those lines. Um, But be that as it may, um, I thought I would share with you these thoughts on my latest speculations of uh, Nathan Subberfield's Earth Battery. Now, there's one other twist to this line of speculative reasoning, and that is what happens when we want to invert the direction of the diode. 
The diode by nature, the borax diode, one end is, is aluminum and the other end is something else other than aluminum. And in this case, I choose iron, the iron winding that surrounds Nathan Subberfield's iron bolt. And I'm only using one terminal of that iron winding connected to the borax diode. The other end is free. So, what, how, I, I didn't really pose this as a question. I, I, really, I'm doing this in reverse logic because what happened was it just came to me. How, because I was posing a different question to myself. How would the Yaman Brothers device that we do have a picture of, but only the outside of it, strapped to the front end of an electric car in 1921, how does that compare? Because I'm always trying to make comparisons between the two inventions because I, I want to believe that they're similar but not exactly the same. And so what I'm suspecting now, again, speculative reasoning, is that the diodic action in the Amon brothers is inverted relative to Nathan Stubblefield's earth battery. If indeed he did have a borax diode not included in the patent connected to the iron winding. And he doesn't state also what the connections on his leads are to the uh, uh, three different coils. So we're left to speculate. And I've, I've mentioned in the past, I think that's going to make all the difference. And now I have speculative uh, input here to contribute as to what those connections are, those six terminals of those three coils. But what do we do with the question if, if we pose the you know, rhetorical or hypothetical, not rhetorical, hypothetical question, how does the Sierra Lamont device compare? I think it's basically the same invention with the re inverted diode. The polarity of the diode is inverted. And so to do that, we still require the aluminum terminal, but instead of iron, we're using copper. And that's what the two copper spheres are. I, I suspect somehow. I'm not sure how yet. But somehow they form the uh, terminus of either one or two diodes that are aluminum-based borax or baking soda diodes. Because a century ago, that, that kind of diode was not uncommon. And when Sierra Lamont says there are mineral in one newspaper article, minerals plural in, a, in, in another uh, instance, I'm left to wonder, you know, what is that mineral? And it could be baking soda because if you get trona, that's a mineral mined from the earth. Um, it's sodium sesquicarbonate, in which case you have two moles of sodium ions and one mole each of bicarbonate versus carbonate ion, which makes the sodium sesquicarbonate um, molecule, the chemical complete in its description. And that's the trona, T-R-O-N-A, um, mineral that is mined from the earth and it, we infuse it with addition, we, we saturate it with bicarbonations and then sell it as sodium bicarbonate in the supermarkets um, in any case that's a mineral and it's several, well no that's one um, it, it, so if he mixed it with borax a baking soda borax mix combination then that would be plural so I don't know, that's my speculation uh, for what minerals are involved um, he doesn't say water <laughs> maybe it's important that he left that one out um, but he did say iron and he said wire and there's a comma between them so it's not iron wire necessarily it's just iron and wire 
And so the, the, the listener, the audience is left to speculate, what does he mean by that, you know? Um, but we do have the image of the two copper spheres. And being spheres, that's a self-shorted coil, a pair of self-shorted coils, with a single open line, what, from all we can see, a single uh, line coming out of each one, which, for all intents and purposes, looks like one end of an open line, because the, uh, we don't see another line coming back into the sphere. So we have to assume it's an open line, unless it's connected. Unless the two spheres are connected by that single, by a single copper tube that we don't see the middle of, um, so that the two spheres are linked together. But that makes the tube an open line. Only the spheres are closed. So I'm not sure how that would figure in. Would it, are they two separate pieces? Are they one piece? If they're one piece, then only one diode is required. If they're two pieces, then we need two diodes. But that would be the other terminal constituting the the other metal contrary to the aluminum metal of, uh, I believe it's the anode. The aluminum, I think, is on the anode. (laughs) I could have it backwards. And the cathode is the other metal other than aluminum. And the natural oscillations of the environment might create oxidation on the aluminum, or maybe you have to force it. Maybe you have to condition these diodes before you use them, using high voltage to get aluminum oxide to form on the aluminum um, electrode that is immersed in the borax solution. I don't know, you know. You know, this harks to, like, Stanley Meyer, you know, you know, where you have to condition the plates or... No, no, not that. Uh, the, uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, the Joe tubes. The Joe tubes? I think they're called Joe tubes? The Joe cell. The Joe cell, th- those have to be preconditioned, as I recall. But the, the, these anodes may have to be also, if, if I have my polarity right, of the aluminum, the, the aluminum terminal. Um, so I, I'm suspecting the Sierra Leone device might... It might sat- the speculation might satisfy the question, how does it compare? Uh, it compares if we invert the polarity of the um, diodes so that... Because we don't... See, they're, they're dealing... The, the Amon brothers are dealing with a mobile device, mobile power supply, while um, Nathan Subfield is dealing with a grounded system that's grounded to the Earth. And so how do you ground a system w- which only has common ground? So you have to maybe invert the polarity of the diode if a diode in, in, indeed is missing from uh, Nathan Stubblefield's invention and is included in the Sierra Leone invention. That the polarity of the orientation of that diode in each case is inverted relative to each other. Because in one instance, in, in the Stubblefield instance, you're dealing with a earth-grounded system, and in the Sierra Leone system, you're dealing with a common-grounded system. So, you know, because it's insulated from the earth because of the uh, the wheels. If, whether they were wooden wheels or... I think they were... No, they were insulated rubber. Um, so anyway, though, that's as much as I have to impart to share with you. Um, and maybe you could restate your comment about how I should better uh, make use of my sanity, conserve my sanity. Uh, maybe I'm wasting it. Um, I don't understand what you mean to imply... 
uh, good, bad, neutral, I really don't know and I don't mind <laughs> because uh, you're a good guy and you're contributing uh, to humanity's knowledge, so what could go wrong, you know? I'm sure it's you You have good intentions and I just don't understand what you're saying. Uh, uh, the words, uh, it, it didn't make, the, the string of words didn't make any sense to me. But anyway... Maybe I'll have better luck next time, or maybe I'll have better luck next time understanding uh, your commentary. But here's my uh, two cents worth in any case.